Steve. Joe. Hi. Hey, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Should we, should we say we're the soul bros? Yes. Should we do our usual countdown? Our usual, yeah. which is very hard. Uh, and the, the fans at home need to know that this is not uh, as easy. Not when you can't see the other person. No, it's not easy during the pandemic, even as it wanes, wanes down. <laughs> but drum roll. Not really a drum roll. It's a, it's a pitiful drum roll, but still. I'm Steve. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Soul, Soul Bros. Bros. <laughs> Woo! That was really insane. We're sorry, bros, that it's taken. Uh, we've been very, very busy as very important people. Um, but I'm sure everyone has been feasting their, their ears on the last, uh, the last few episodes. Um, but Steve, do you want to introduce our today's, um, fabulous topic? Yes. So today's topic is about creativity and really kind of what creativity has become in today's culture, along with how we conceptualize and approach creativity, um, and really what the benefit of creativity is. So just a lot of that a lot of a discussion today on what feels like is a value that a lot of individuals, you know, freelancers, but also companies, nonprofits, um, and corporations are now seeking as a high value add um, to your work lifestyle. So that is why we are discussing that today. And I think one of the first questions we're going to, you know, dive deep into is, you know, there's, um, this idea of um, kind of an ancient idea of a creative muse and whether this creative muse comes to you and gifts you with creativity. So it's almost as if creativity is a gift from the heavens or the other world, right? Outside, something outside of our human realm. And it, it strikes us like lightning or whether creativity is something that is innate to humanity and is something that is an internal process uh, that you work at. And yeah, I mean, take it away. Okay, this is do you believe in the concept of a creative muse goddess like spirit? Yeah, this is um, this is my POV. Like I I don't think of the creative muse as separate. Like I don't talk to a specific like goddess. Like I truly am like God gave this to me. Like, it's very much straight from, like, Old Testament Father God, you know? <laughs> That's where I think of everything. It is – and it's, like, we. I don't know how to say that it's not religious since it's coming from God, but it's, like, it's not. It feels like God just plopped it right down. It wasn't an angel. Like, when I have an idea, it's straight from the Lord. Um, but I think that – like there I think the human part of it and like what I might like I take no ownership over it too because sometimes I get ideas and I'm like where the fuck did this idea come from you know and it's like well it's the only explanation is God um but I think the human part of it maybe what we can take 
credit for uh, is kind of like the intellectual, uh, you know, associations and connections and like, you know, I think some of those like kind of aha moments Mm. are, are very much like concrete and kind of like, oh yeah, I know why I thought that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, this happened to me or I read about this and, you know, I don't know, maybe God plops like this book in my hands or, you know, this news story on my feed or whatever. But like, especially if it's something that like, I don't know, I've been like researching for a while or something. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, I think that part was me, you know, but I think the, like those hits of like divine inspiration, like that's, I, I take no credit. I have nothing, nothing to do with that. And I feel like sometimes some of my ideas are so nuts and weird and stuff. And I'm like, I kind of don't want to take, take any kind of ownership over them either. <laughs> like, why did I think this like crazy thing? And, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, it's the story God wanted me to tell. That Maybe almost, that's a cop out. <laughs> that does almost feel like it's kind of like God sends all these creative currents right mm-hmm. um and creative maybe creative events um creative materials but it's I think you're right that the part that's on us is to connect the dots and pay attention right pay attention to make the connections and mm-hmm. then make something of it and that part feels very human and feels more like kind of the treating creativity as a craft rather right it's almost like there's a certain kind of creative mindset and I think the strikes of inspiration are sometimes just out of our control, but the part that is in our control is the paying attention part and deciding, right. These are the connections I see and this is what I'm going to make with it. We are the vessel, you know, like, I mean, I last time I checked God wasn't a human and like maybe can't write you know so like (laughs) the like we're needed in the process I don't think we are but mere like meat hunks you know but I I I can't I don't think I can take full credit for it but what what do you think and do you have like if you do think there's like something else like do you have a specific muse that you're like you know summoning or is it God or is it, you know, is it more abstract than that? Yeah, um, I guess sometimes I think of the Holy Spirit almost as more of the muse mm. and more of the feelings that God might send me. Yeah. Um, especially because the Holy Spirit was referred to in the feminine pronoun in Genesis at one point. And so I almost think of the Holy Spirit as, not as a woman, but as feminine, right? As a feminine Mm -hmm. um, energy, which I feel like the creative muse is usually depicted as. Um, But I do pray, I mean, I do pray to God, you know, for creativity. And I'll say, like, you know, send me the focus, send me the creative idea, send me a new wind to tend to my creative uh, gifts so that I may bear fruit 
Um, wow, this is getting really religious. Sorry to the soul bros <laughs> that are like very um, agnostic or atheistic and are like, yo, what did I just walk into? <laughs> Usually we're not this religious, but um, we But both when come it comes from... to the creative juices. Yeah. Well, I feel like creativity is almost, um, you can treat, I think you actually have to treat it religiously to yeah. a degree if you want to reach a certain pinnacle with your like with reverence yeah yeah and commitment and like you know showing up you know have you read that thing about elizabeth i think it was elizabeth gilbert who was like she had this article um i'll see if i can find it but it was like she talks a lot about showing up every day even if you're not like inspired um Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're in the habit of doing that? Do you think that's a good practice? Or are you like, no, I need like a fit of inspiration to get going? No, I definitely am, am in that camp. It's something I strive to do now, even if it's only for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always something I feel like I need to be even more consistent about, right? Of, um, I think it is almost like the practice of doing it is what begets the creative strikes of inspiration and it is mm-hmm. almost like the that's when I think we get back into the folklore of the creative muse it's like if the creative muse let's say right like let's say we're courting the creative muse and mm-hmm. many creative people are courting the creative muse all the time yes it's like if we think of it really in human terms if the creative muse is this like wonderful goddess woman that many people want and desire Mm-hmm. she's only really going to go to the person that's consistently showing up at the same time, same day, you know, ready to welcome her into um, their life. Right. With mm-hmm. like the whole, and I don't mean like candles and crystals and shit, but like if you're a writer that you're like there with, with your ideas or outlines and you know, you have a goal of I'm going to work on this thing today. And I, 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 Again, I think there are days where we just do free rights and whatnot, but um, mm-hmm. I do think it, it is like you have to prove your loyalty to the creative muse in order for her to bless you Yeah, on a rare occasion. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's sometimes like you, you show up and then she or God who, or whoever pops in, you know? I mean, to me that like kind of, like I'm going to write whether I like it or not and I'm just going to sit down and do it or whatever your your creative medium is you know it kind of like bothers me I I don't think of it I think of inspiration is kind of separate from that like I feel like I get the inspiration and then I sit down and I grind it out and I don't really even think of that as like creative time like that's very much like work time to me and I don't know that she or god or whoever is necessarily like not always visiting me during that time Mm -hmm. but I'm like churning it out anyways you know yeah um and I think true and I think you make a key distinction there because when occasionally creativity will strike when I'm just like walking around or I'm I'm at lunch with friends or mm-hmm. I'm about to go to bed and like a thought pops in my head and I do I think that's different and I write it down mm-hmm. I write it down or I make a voice memo um 
so that I will remember it later. And um, sometimes it's honestly for me as a writer, sometimes it's just pieces of dialogue. Sometimes it's a scene. Sometimes it's it has nothing to do with what I'm currently working on. And it's not even a story idea. Sometimes it's just little little things that come to me uh, or an emotion and I'll just write it out um, just to note it. And then I have this long document of random rants now um, <laughs> that I don't know when they will be weaved into screenplays, but they're there. And I do think yeah. that's different from like, you know what I mean? I'm not, then when I'm, when I'm doing that, I'm not burning the oil and trying to turn it out. Yeah. You're like, okay, I got this nugget. I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I let it show up. Sometimes I don't. Are do you always welcome it, or are you like, what is this idea doing here? Like, I'm at the point where I'm kind of like, I feel like I have enough. Like, the idea happens, and then I need to get to work, and I'm like, I have enough ideas. I really don't want another idea to pop into my head right now, you know, unless it's like <laughs> the perfect thing because I, I get overwhelmed when I think about like, and there's no one making me do this, but it's more of like a compulsion. Like, Oh, I, I like to like finish what I start. And mm-hmm. I feel like when I have like book ideas and screenplays and shows and stuff, it's just like, I need to feel like I'm complete, like I've completed the mission. It's done. Move on to the next thing, you know? So I, I kind of, I'm like, I think I'm good with my ideas for now. But every time I say that, then something else like hits me, you know? But I should be welcoming to it, right? Probably. It's probably <laughs> a good idea. I personally am in favor of being welcoming to it because one day the fountain might dry up, right? Yeah. And I, But I don't mean that as to be to insert fear into it. I think as long as you pay attention to the world and to people mm-hmm. and how they make you feel, I feel like the well will never dry up. Um, I think it's when people stop paying attention that it feels like the creativity stops. And that, that can happen with when you get really tunnel vision um, on your own art, right? If you, if yeah, you get so fixated on your project on that you, yeah, that you're always working on it. You're always grinding. You're always saying no to life outside of, you know, your screenplay. Um, I don't think that's healthy either mm. because I do think you need to have a sense of worldly experience um, and being out there in the world and just being right just experience being yourself um and just the experience of existence to funnel back into your creativity um but yeah I I think welcoming it is great but I do get what you mean about kind of idea exhaustion yeah Um, and I just try to prioritize the the right the the main three I'm working on Mm -hmm. um and it can get hard, like when I don't, you know, you know, I've been working on a pilot that I've been trying to turn into an hour long. And now I'm working on a feature, but I haven't finished working on the hour long pilot. And it, it sometimes does feel like I'm using one creative project to distract from the other because the other is something I no longer feel um, like now it's like the motivation to finish is waning because I've been yeah. working on it for so long. Um so I, I definitely hear you on that, but I, I don't know, I guess it really is a balance and also just feeling the energy you are most 
attracted to and want to yeah and I think it's like go for it and we talked about this with I remember you were like embarking on writing something and you were like talking about how to like get your mojo going and like one thing that I do think is really helpful that's helped me because like I feel like there have been a few projects that I've just hated every waking moment of working on them and I just hate I think it's the worst piece of shit ever and I'm just like over here I feel like I'm in um what was that movie with Tom Hanks the Da Vinci Code and there's like (laughs) this poor albino man who's like whipping himself and I feel like that is self-flagellating yeah I'm exactly I'm so I don't even know the words but yes that was me and I feel like I'm doing that and I think one thing I try to trick my because sometimes you do get into something you're like you're you're in your flow and you're like so excited you know and you're like you're gassed up you're like juiced up and so I try to like trick myself into that energy even if I like actively am like dreading whatever it is I'm working on Mm -hmm. you know that's been something that helps well and I think um something I heard today on the podcast make art not content by father Bronx I think is what Mm -hmm. he calls himself um it's a great little podcast because he will start the podcast episode with saying, you know, today we're reading from the book of transformation. So it does kind of feel like you're back in church uh, to a degree. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's something... what we're going for here. Yeah. Buckle up, soul bros. Get your fucking Bibles <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but um, something he talked about was... Um, how come artists don't treat themselves like athletes and how athletes approach mm. their sport that artists need to approach their art in the same kind of obsessive disciplined craft. Cause you know, he'll make comparisons to, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky didn't become Wayne Gretzky by doing all sorts of things and traveling when he wants and saying, I gotta, you know, cause sometimes artists do that, right. Where they say, I want to write a book, I want to write a screenplay, but I also want to be, make a band, and I want to, you write, like, they have all these different creative endeavors, mm-hmm. um, and he's kind of like, if you look at Wayne Gretzky and the people that are like him, it's like, he, he made hockey the god in his life, and everything else conformed to that, to support that goal, right, so how he ate, when he ate, um, how he spent his time, um, you know, everything was made so that he could be on the ice as much as possible, right? And I just thought it was really interesting that he made that comparison. Um, and while I agree that, like, sometimes that maybe obs- obsessive isn't quite the exact word I want to say because I feel like obsessive kind of has a negative connotation, but that really focused, really disciplined method is something that I think serious artists that want to really develop on a very specific craft need I also think the same way how athletes have off season right and they there are Mm. times in the year when they're not they're still always training right they're always training but let's be real it's like they're gonna you know they're gonna get even more um honed in and focused when the Super Bowl is right around, right? Like, you know, the practices get more specific and practice uh, and um, harder and usually longer. 
yeah. season when it's actually game time season, when it becomes like one month before game season begins. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's something to that too for artists as well, that it's, um, you know, that there can be seasons to this thing and that it's a lot of it is like learning to run a marathon instead of a 500 meter dash. Um, and that, you know, you can take sprints and then also, you know, go back down to like a jog or a walk. But I think the important thing is to not stop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I kind of like am creative to get out of athletics. Um, (laughs) What what do you mean? What do you, what are you saying when you say athletics? uh, Yeah. I think the grind a little bit, like there's something nice about being like, Oh, the, the flit of the idea is just, you know, flitting around in my head and like, you know, I'm airy and like, I can't commit to a schedule and like, you know, it's all, Sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, that's that's it, really. That's what's interesting to me though, is because I think I think in our hyper competitive grind capitalist culture, mm-hmm. we have tokenized creativity as a means out. I think there's some there's a little bit of um we romanticize it with escapism and we yeah. think, oh, this is gonna be our our way out like we have one great idea and that's going to save us from the rat race forever and I think Mm -hmm. people you know I think sometimes we underestimate how hard it is to be a creative right that quote or that term like when people say I'm a creative and then usually that does mean like oh my gosh this person is is like a crazy freelancer and actually has multiple streams of income which sounds great in theory but that also means you know really organizing your energy to make sure all those multiple streams of income or multiple clients, right? Your business stays afloat as a creative. And I think we um, slightly, not slightly, I think we do underestimate how much freedom there is in becoming a creative. I guess because in my mind, creative also becomes entrepreneur to a degree in my head that you have to be a little bit entrepreneurial if you want to make a living off your creativity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I I guess it, to me it does seem even if it's disciplined and structured like to me it like the it is a mental escape to me, you know, over um and I guess some people could argue like that about sports or, you know, not business, I guess. But there are other things that people can argue that for. Um I'm sure of it, you know, but to me, it is that feeling of like, and yeah, I don't think creativity as a profession, like being a creative as a professional, like that's probably not as much of an escape. But I think like the creative process or like doing things that it's creative is like kind of a break from like, oh, you know, okay, life. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I definitely agree with that. And it's, it's tough when people, See, my brain is maybe I am a capitalist because um, <laughs> my brain immediately went to like creativity to make money, right? Yeah, <laughs> which so, I think is what people have done. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, people don't really have hobbies anymore. I mean, they still do, but yeah. it feels like that conversation. The follow-up question is, "Oh, you have this hobby and you're good at it, and people think you're good at it. Then how come it's not a side hustle?" You know, I feel like that's that's kind of what our culture has become. Um, yeah, especially with creative 
endeavors or just creative hobbies in general. Yeah. And it is work. And I do think like, you know, I I feel like there should be some reward in it. Maybe that's capitalist of me. But do you, what do you think is like, what does a creative mean to you? What does that look like? Do you, what is your perception of like a creative, you know, not just someone who's like a hobbyist or, you know, doing something for funsies, but like a true, (laughs) it sounds like, professional creative what what does that look like honestly when people say I'm a creative or I see that Mm -hmm. in someone's LinkedIn bio I can't help but think that I'm gonna sound like such a major dick but it's like I don't think of them as an artist that's for yeah. sure. When I see it brings words, out the dick. It's not yeah. very self-aware. It's like, when I see that, I'm like, oh. Part of me feels like this is someone who hasn't committed to one lane and is doing a lot yeah. of different things, which there's nothing wrong It's like with, a tastemaker. But... Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, before there were influencers and stuff, there was the tastemaker. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you talking about? What is your, what do you do? Do you get paid? What is happening? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? I feel like, like the jobs I think of and the professions I think of when I hear the words I'm a creative are things like very heavy in advertising, usually a copywriter mm-hmm. or a graphic designer, um, maybe someone who's doing content creation on YouTube and, and Instagram. Um, a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't know, that like brands just pop up in my head every time I, I hear I'm a creative or um, sometimes naturally that becomes I'm a creative director, right? And like usually it's it ties back to brands and very commercial work is the vibe I get mm-hmm. whenever I hear that term. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's, I guess I don't have a, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sorry. I, I mm-hmm. realize I'm sounding really negative about that. There's nothing wrong with that. And usually that stuff is kind of more lucrative, right? Than, um, than the TV writer that toils away in darkness until there's one screenplay sells. And even then, they probably won't work again for the next six months until they sell another thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or the guy who's making sculptures um, in his mom's basement or, um, you know, so again, it's not a, it's not an insult to the term, but I don't associate it with the word artist. That's so interesting because I feel like I have such a different POV and I'm the person who will be like, I, I will say this sardonically, but I'll be like, well, I'm a creative. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if someone's trying to get me to like crunch the numbers or which I can do, you know, but like when it comes to those more like it's the right brain, right? Which which mm-hmm. side of the brain is, you know, the pragmatic side? I'm looking up right now. The right right brain brain. is visual intuitive. Okay. When that left brain stuff is going on, I'm like, I'll just throw up my hands and be like, oh, I'm a creative, you know, (laughs) but I I don't, I don't have it in my LinkedIn. So I think that that might not be the same thing you're talking about. But I feel like when I see that in people's bios, I'm like, oh, they like have a ukulele or they write poetry and they also have like a day job, you know, that is nothing to do with it. And they're like, you know, putting it out there that they are like, you know, that they are more than, you know, whatever their Instagram might be implying or their day job might be implying. 
Mm. Um, but I, we should also note for the bros that like we are, I mean, we're creative in other ways, you know, but let's not limit ourselves. But like we are writers and we write and like uh, there, I feel like writing is like to me, like <laughs> I don't want to say it's like a lowly art form, but to me, it feels like the blue collar of art. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to be insulting. I'll just speak for myself here. But, like, to me, writing seems like – and it is a skill. It's a talent. It's an art. Like, not everyone can write well. Not everyone can write an email well. Not everyone could write a book well, you know? But, like, there – something to me about writing is very practical. Like, the end product is very straightforward. It's, like, here are the words on the page you know and I feel like most writers like because you can you know writing maybe isn't the most practical profession to go into but it's still something that like you know you can be a copywriter or a journalist and like there are lots of different jobs that like are writing for a job even if it's not necessarily like nonfiction or fiction or poetry or whatever you know it's still a writing job and to me there's something that's like very pragmatic and kind of like rolling up the sleeves and doing the work and it's like not glamorous and it's like not you know kind of uh it doesn't feel very enigmatic to me whereas like being a painter or a sculptor or like a modern artist or you know even a poet like they're a writer but they're kind of they're already getting a little highfalutin over there you know (laughs) and like and and I feel like I'm shitting on on writing but to me like I feel like writing is my trade I don't think of myself as good at it like when I was being paid to write like it was even more my trade and I like being good at it was kind of beside the question and it was like I have a deadline I'm sharding this out and you know I I don't even know that I identify as like a writer like how do you identify you know creatively Uh, what what would you like what would you say to people if they asked would you be like I'm a writer yes now yes and I'm sorry for coughing so much. Um, I think I swallowed a fruit fly on accident. Oh no! Snack. Which is do you want to get water? Gross. Well, I've I've been chugging. Okay. I've been chugging some H2O It's still get. it's it's deciding where it's gonna go. It's still kind of rattling around. Yeah, there. I think it was trying to. I, I don't want to get too graphic for the soul bros, but I do think that fruit fly was trying to survive. Right. But my soft. <laughs> My esophagus was like, you saw it. No. I entered into this cave and therefore you're going down, little guy. <laughs> um, it's either him to go down or me if I show Yeah, they, the, choice, the choice has been made. God, that is disgusting. But um, yes, I would identify as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking like what I d- identify as like, a comedian or like a speaker but to be honest not really and even Mm -hmm. so even with stand-up comedy I feel like that's also a craft like that's there's also a formula to that right there's Mm -hmm. like the punchline and um comedic timing so I feel that's craft-like as well um Mm -hmm. but I do agree with you in terms of writing how 
you can almost divide it, right? It's like poetry feels a little bit more of that whimsical, free-spirited, um, closer to pure creativity source. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, and I think novel writing as well can get, you can get a little bit more experimental there. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to screenwriting, especially even between TV and features, I feel like TV especially is very formulaic. Um, oh, yeah. And there's, you know, there's a three-act structure. Some people try to do a five-act structure. But it, overall, it's like there's a very specific act, struct- act structure you're supposed to follow. There's um, the ABC storylines you're trying to include usually in each episode. Um, it's pretty... Uh, and it's pretty easy when you're reading other people's work to to pinpoint usually where something is off, right? Of like, like a TV script, and it's like, oh, the stakes need to be higher here, right? Like this, is the reason why it's not working or why it's not hitting is because the stakes are high enough, or you know, the conflict, um, you resolve the conflict in the pilot, which is bad because you know I shouldn't say bad, but just like now you you know isn't going to tune into the next episode because you've already resolved the conflict that is your show engine right so I feel Mm -hmm. like even between feature writing and tv writing it's very different um and feature writing feels a little bit more even though while even while the screen script formatting is still the same it feels a little bit more like you can play around with more symbolism right you can play it feels like you usually have a little bit more time to so much freedom yeah, more to... freedom in the in the you know 90 plus pages yeah yeah and you don't like yes you can you, you should still probably follow an act structure generally um i think every story kind of follows the traditional story circle right people want to know he started off on this slash a twist Here's how you mm-hmm. solved it, and then this is how it ends, right? Like, there's ever, even in the old days, it kind of feels like people can tell what's a good story or uh, the formula for a story that they're expecting, mm-hmm. and they don't, they usually don't like it when they don't get it, right? They usually don't like it when they don't get a resolution. And, but I think features in general can really play around with that. Like, the act one can be super long, right? Or um, the twist can be something you know, something you didn't expect, even like, I think us, um, Jordan Peele's us, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you get the kind of sink in your stomach twist reveal that the mom character was switched at the end, right? Mm -hmm. At the very, like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, And that's, again, I mean, something you could probably do in TV, but um, as well, maybe you can pull it off. But um, that feels like, yeah, you just have more more playground um, in a feature. Yeah, the Soul Bros are probably so bored right now because <laughs> I I just rambled. Like, no, you're walking. I'm, I'm engaged. <laughs> I am. This Soul Bro is engaged. Uh, no, I I yeah. If you're not creative, I guess skip this episode. You know, but if you are, I feel like it's like interesting. I don't know, to, like, take a look at this one. If you're in accounting and you are not interested in this. But I'd like to think that every, even as someone in accounting is, you know, whipping out their watercolors or whatever. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, even the corporations are always saying, you know, we want creative problem solvers. And I feel like every time people say creative, they also mean outside of the box. Outside the box, yeah. Yeah. 
Like, want someone who doesn't conform. Mm-hmm. Or that's what they say they want, but then they don't actually want that. Yeah. I think I, I think problem solving is when you really got to get creative. That's when the juices are flowing. It's like, how do I get out of this? How do I fix this? How do I make sure, you know, the least amount of people know whatever the problem was, you know? Um, I think that requires creativity. I don't really think of myself as a writer, though. Like, I think of it as, like, my trade. I feel like it's, like, the unfortunate thing that, like, you know, I'm kind of, like, stuck with. (laughs) (laughs) Drawn to is a nicer way. But I think if I I had to, uh, I'm I'm kind of, I'm probably the dick that you, like, you look at their LinkedIn and you're like, oh, no. Like, I... I feel like I'm like a performance artist. That's how I would describe myself. <laughs> or like um, de- satirist, definitely. Like I feel much more comfortable with the, even though a satirist isn't like a thing that like, you know, it's not a job title or anything. But I feel like that's something that I uh, aspire to and aim to be. And I think that's more freeing to me because like, satire doesn't have to be a single medium like it could be anything you know and it doesn't necessarily even have to be writing um so I just feel like more comfortable with that and I think it sets up the expectation of like uh like this work is supposed to be read a certain way you know what I mean like with the onion like you know that it's you know what you're the way you're supposed to be looking at it and that it's like, you know, funny and it's uh, untruths, which is me like mansplaining a joke, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Have we already discussed? Have we, have we, I don't know, what else is there to say about creativity? There's so much. I I feel like I have more questions for you, but now I'm looking at some notes that that we wrote and I'm trying to figure out. Okay, how do you feel when you are being creative? Hmm. Um, When I get the moments of inspiration, I feel good. So when I get the flashes Mm -hmm. of of like when I'm not expecting it, it just comes to me and Mm -hmm. I write it down and I'm kind of in a blurry feels good right and yeah I, think, I can't help but think oh I'm so clever look at me yeah you're like, like the <laughs> ego comes out and it's like you're yeah the fucking best <laughs> um but then when I when I actually get down to now forming something with that that's when like the old enemies of resistance perfectionism insecurity doubt come back as well and it's like oh, this sucks and like when you were saying I writing is what I seem unfortunately to be stuck with I totally mm-hmm. get you on that I think in some ways it is I don't know if um I don't know if it's cultivated or if we are born with it because I think about even my older brother he and I grew up essentially in the same household right mm-hmm. but he doesn't feel the odd compulsion to write everything that happens to him down like yeah I, like ne- he never kept a diary I always kept diaries um he didn't write stories in school that he didn't have to do. I always wrote, mm-hmm. right? I always wrote stories and I would, I, you know, 
sometimes I would be caught talking to myself in the bathroom because I was acting out something um, <laughs> and like had rocks that I collected and I, I made a whole high school saga drama with with rocks with you know? the rocks who, who thought like there could be Brad the rock who's like a football QB and like Stacy <laughs> I wasn't that creative God, I feel like all the silver bros are like yeah Steve is not creative at all no Steve I feel is- like I feel like I'm like this should be on adult swim like <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about I'm like let's let's chop this around well that's what I mean it's like most people just have a rock collection because they like the aesthetic of rocks but instead I had to imbue the rocks with personalities oh and yeah right I had I had trauma <laughs> I wasn't my pet rocks weren't that creative but I have I have a beloved collection of pet rocks that like they are my pets like do not touch them don't throw them out they are precious to me they all had names too and Mm -hmm. I have like like completely self-diagnosed but very strong OCD and like I used to have this little ritual where I would like give them like I would say goodnight to them in the morning <laughs> so weird but I used to like say goodnight to them and I would like give them a kiss and then like you know they were all lined up and then I would say good morning to them there's a whole little ritual and, like I had to do the ritual now I'm like oh my god well is it so weird when crystals are so popular you know yeah I, you sound probably were... pretty tame compared to the before people that are like crystals. this crystal is gonna fucking change my entire fucking life <laughs> I'm yeah. getting so much healing from this. Not to sorry, Zobros that own crystals and really believe on them. I'm not making fun. Maybe I'm making fun of you a little bit, but um, it's only to point out that I think it's we we imbue belief in what we want to imbue in it. Right? Yeah, meaning like, like meaning is what you give to things. You yeah. know, yeah. I'm looking at my crystals, and that's right kind now. of like creativity too, right? Like. I think some people might would, would say like those things are not connected at all and you're a crazy yeah. person for trying to make connections that don't even really need to be there, right? Yeah. Um, so I think assigning meaning to random symbols and events is kind of what creativity is distilled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I But I don't really... Meaning to me is such a abstract thing that like uh, the word meaning kind of drives me crazy um and trying to figure out like I don't know if it's not like a dictionary definition I'm kind of over meaning I'm kind of done with it I don't understand it I might be stupid I'm like I just feel very frustrated with with the meaning but I guess I can apply it to like my pet rocks and like you know it was just a rock but to me it was a pet um can you expand on that more when you say you're frustrated with meaning like what does meaning mean to you and what what why do you feel resistance towards that definition I mean as you know I'm very hung up on the meaning of life and like I remember when you told me what asked me why the fuck do we have eyes why do we have (laughs) eyes like existence really freaks me out I think about it all the time um, I'm not like satisfied with any meaning that I've got. Like there are definitely, I'm like, okay, I can like nod, nod along to whatever the answer to that question is, but like nothing for me has felt like an aha moment, you know, um, as far as what the meaning of life is. And then as far as like meaning, 
um, just generally, like, I, I get too lost in the sauce with it, you know? Like, when we're talking about meaning, not like, the like dictionary definitions that I got that meaning I'm okay with but like when we're talking about like me like meaningfulness and like this has meaning to me and it's like I'm just like what (laughs) like if I think about it too hard like I just get so lost in it and I'm like wait but how like how does x give something meaning you know what I mean like I guess like history can give things meaning context can give things meaning but I don't know it makes my brain hurt a lot like even the word meaning talking about things being meaningful like my brain like just explodes maybe I'm like missing the point no I don't no I I I see what you mean I think um I think we we put a lot of emphasis on living meaningful lives, mm-hmm. but I think the truth of the matter is what we assign meaning to is arbitrary to degree. Um, so and like, is- I don't know, what do you think being, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, what do you think having a meaningful life means? Like, what does that entail? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a tough question. But I, like when I think when people say, this is meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. The closest synonym I can replace the word meaningful with is important. And I yeah. feel like that's, that's easier for me to digest of figure mm-hmm. out what is important to me and what, you know, what are the important things that I want to spend my time on? And mm-hmm. I feel like if you can do that, spend your time the way you want on things that feel important to you that you care about, I feel like that means you have lived a meaningful life. Um, I used to also be really caught up in the whole, why are we here? What is the meaning of our existence? What is the grand purpose that, you know, I need to fill? Um, And now I've kind of let that shit go just because I'm like, you know, that shit stresses me out. (laughs) And uh, I think it distracts from me actually being here in the present and just experience the joy of existence. Um, namaste. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. But, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had to let go. I mean, I, I still think about it from time to time. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I do believe in, in the, in a God concept, but I think I had to let it go so that I wouldn't spin out. Cause that question can make you spin out if you think about it for too long. Oh, it drives me crazy. Satisfy you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I think it used to even like probably two years ago, like it was driving me nuts. Like I could not stop thinking about it. And like, even now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, Oh, what, why are we talking? What is talking? Like, why am I in this room? Why are humans here? Like I I can just go down the whole K hole, but like, it just like being a human is so weird to me and I don't like get it. But mm-hmm. I also like, I do think that it's like, I I feel like I have put that it's less, a little less inflammatory than it was even like two years ago where it's like, okay, maybe I'm not in charge of figuring this out. Maybe it's not something that like 
I specifically am going to figure out maybe no one else will maybe it's one of those things that makes sense in like hindsight you know uh and like I think when I get too hung up on it, I'm like, then it kind of takes me away from, it's like a little bit disassociative where it's like taking me out of like real life and like actually like being with people and being present and like, you know, doing things, whether or not they are the purpose or deeply meaningful. Like uh, sometimes I, if it's not like, you know, an act of harm or anything, like it might be okay to do it, even if it's not your like purpose, you know, like I should probably still get groceries. Right. Um, and even on like a more, like a bigger level, like being creative, like, is that really why humans are here? Is there like, you know, I feel like I would be the first one to go if it was like, you know, the end of days, like, I don't think I'm necessary to the group, you know, like, save, keep the doctors and stuff. And I'll just, uh, I'll just go die in the woods. (laughs) That seems really (laughs) fatalistic. But um, I think I, okay, wait, yeah. No, no, go, go, go. Okay. Two things. If I was going to, if it was like the end of days, choose your fighter. And I thought about this at the start of like March, 2020, it's like, okay, who am I in the situation? And at first it was like, well, like I'd probably be the guy at the campfire. Who's like, you know, uh, like, let's put on a play, you know, like I would probably figure out a way to entertain and like, you know, hopefully amuse people and hopefully they wouldn't kill me because who, who would entertain them? Um, and then I thought about something else and this is before I became an ordained reverend, but I was like, okay, I could do that, but still probably if they have to decide between like the medicine man and me, like they're going to choose the medicine man or like the cook, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a cook or a doctor. So what business do I have being kept around? But I think the other thing would probably be, uh, I could definitely be like the, the village priest. Like I could take that on, you know, lying to God, telling people what God's saying, prayer uh ceremonies like I got that so I think I would I would probably pivot to that because people probably would need religion and hope maybe I do both you know maybe like director on the weekdays reverend on the weekends Uh, whatever people need from me if they'll feed me and keep me around what do you think you would be (laughs) um well, shit, I don't know if it's as well thought out as you But I have, I have had a chance to think about it. <laughs> like, what, what is your role in, in a... In, um, in the end of days. End of day civilization, or when civilization yeah. crumbles. Um, mm-hmm. Is it, is it, <laughs> I mean, is it terrible to be like, I don't know, I feel like I'd end up relegated to being like a cook and watching over the kids um, even though internally I'll probably be like, fuck them kids, but I guess I'll <laughs> them some bread. <laughs> um, kind of like, I, I don't know, I, maybe my brain goes straight to gender 
and is like concerned that I would have to just be relegated to kind of being like a den mother. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think you would be good at keeping the kids in line, you know. Oh yeah, I would put their little asses to work. <laughs> yeah, mean, I could. You know, like, you get pine cones. You know, you get little. Uh, <laughs> little leaves we have to have a fire by six o'clock so scram and get all this shit um yeah you know you do have the rebel energy but also I can like see uh, my gut would have been for you like something in a in this anarchic you know setting I see a position of of kind of leadership or direction for you um I think you could tell people what to do. That is very kind. I could see myself with a little, a little stick, not a little stick, a big stick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's my little, um, I'm thinking of the monkey in Lion King, the wise monkey. Yes. Is, uh, what is, what is Rafiki? Yeah. Rafiki. What is the word? A staff. staff. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll, I'll, yeah, I could tut tut anyone who doesn't, you know, tut tut them with my staff if they disagree. But <laughs> yeah, Rafiki really knew a thing or two. I gotta watch The Lion King again and pay. I'm always like, I'm Pumbaa, you know, and I'm not really paying attention. Like, I'm I'm watching The Lion King for Timon and Pumbaa, but I'm like, uh, I should probably pay attention to what uh, Rafiki has to say. He's very wise. Yeah, Rafiki knew some shit because I think he saw some shit, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you would definitely be, if, like, if we're in an end of days but make it the Lion King setting, like, you would be Rafiki. I would be Pumbaa. Um, Maybe Timon and Pumbaa, you know? Timon had a bit more strategy than Pumbaa. Pumbaa was there for, like, the (laughs) ha-ha's. Yeah, Pumbaa was there for a good time, not a long time. absolutely i wouldn't be nala i wouldn't be um god what simba i mean i love mufasa i'd like to think i'm i am i've got a little bit of scar energy too scar was gay and you know really the only one with his wits about him wait scar was gay yeah you know how like there's the the tropes of like disney disney has a lot of gay um villains like um i'm literally googling scars gay right now oh yeah you'll find a lot i've always identified with his blase i mean he's the only one with any sense in the entire film um and like who is it in aladdin who's the evil guy in aladdin he's gay too oh the one who's trying to steal princess jasmine right yeah ursula might be gay also there's the fat phobic thing you know true that's oh i love going do you also like i think this is so interesting and i'm not like a disney girl um per se like i'm not the person like wearing the mickey mouse ears around but i love like you know when they drop in like sometimes in the images they'll put like they'll sneak in like a dick or something like the illustrators will like sneak it in have you heard of that i heard about that in little ariel but then i feel like i was watching like weird youtube videos where they were trying to show like that's the penis and then i couldn't remember from the actual movie 
if the dick was actually there, you know? Okay, I'm looking heard. it up right now because I, I literally was them. so excited by this. <laughs> um, yeah, the innuendos. Okay, I'm finding metro.co.uk has some great uh, – I mean, some of them are, like, not good, but, like, even, like, tangled, like, in her hair, there's something in her hair that I'm like, oh, this is very accurate. Um, something phallic is pointing out of her bangs. Yeah, like they spell out sex in her hair. And I'm like, I see it. Now I'm literally Googling dicks in Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people, I love this headline. Why are people so obsessed with finding dicks in Disney movies? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these are, I mean, I'm just, it's so cheeky to me. Like, I'm so. Oh my god, I found one. This one is is she, there's one in Hercules that like you can't tell me that's not. Uh, what oh my we gosh, think there's one is. that I'm watching that has um Dumbo has a dick, like baby Dumbo. <laughs> oh my god, I see another one in the Little Mermaid poster. That is, there's no denying what that is. I'm like, I gotta find them all. Some of them, I'm. Um, questioning their uh their I'm like are this might be a stretch but I love oh my god there's the word sex in the lion king there is a sex scene in the lion king too I'll point that out is there oh yeah like Nala and Simba like roll around in the oh yeah in the grass that's true Whatever. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be involved with that. Nonsense. Oh my gosh! Wait, this Let cannot be for over. real. I have to. I'm gonna send you a photo of this later. Sorry, Silbros. We're getting distracted with animated penises. Yeah, <laughs> Google this all though, because it's so. I remember I was like discovering what like this isn't. It's not like. I mean, I guess it is kind of ironic, but like I wouldn't describe this is like innuendo first before it's irony. You know. Um, and but like I remember being like kind of like learning what irony was and like also learning about this at the same time and I was just so ticked it is that thing of like knowing something that everyone else doesn't you Mm. know and like even in Shrek which is not Disney but like I remember we had we're watching Shrek in Spanish class for some reason and like I was like oh my god Shrek is like naughty like if you watch like I don't really watch children's movies because I don't like hang out with children I'm just not interested but like if you watch I remember watching Shrek again in high school because we had to and I was like oh my god like there's one part where it's like talking about snow, snow white. And it's like, she lives with seven dudes, but she's not easy, you know? And I'm just like, it it was just something like that where I was like, Oh, like totally did not get this at like age seven, you know? Yeah. I no, I did not think that either. But it is surprising. But they put that in there for the parents too. Like I think the yeah, innuendos yeah. for for him, um, like for I mean, sorry, the innuendos are for them, like for the creators. But the the jokes and stuff is like because the parents have to sit through a kid's animated movie, yeah, yeah. and they might as well make it exciting <laughs> with sexiness. <laughs> 
we are sex and porn obsessed culture. Yes. What was it? You said something where you're like sex depraved and obsessed. What was you? Do you remember what you said? <laughs> oh, um, was it because of the article that I sent about kids making money off of OnlyFans? Oh my god, I I didn't even collect that. I was like, I. How do children even know how to get on there? I don't even know. But yeah, something about I think youth obsessed, youth obsessed and porn youth yeah it was like sex deprived and youth obsessed and porn addicted that's society man yeah just a bunch of horny degenerates yeah very just the the mind is disturbing um but before there was that there was phallic symbols in disney So we've more, kind more of been sickos time. all along, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like everyone's always been kind of a sicko. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's like in ancient times, too, when they had no porn. They drew their porn, right? They like, Oh, I love looking at, like, Egyptian, and... like, you know, pyramid, yeah. you know, someone scraping into it. I'm like, heck, yeah, do what you can. Yeah. I mean, the Japanese had, like, you know, they drew, like, tentacles, like um, giant octopus squid fucking their women it's like why <laughs> yeah i'm googling it now because i'm trying to f- yeah like i love the like sculptures you know there's a lot of orgy orgies were a big thing back in the day yeah true it's so interesting when um people are like you know that um that you know, with the sex liberation movement that, like, it's the worst times and, like, you know, sexual morality is, like, at its lowest and people aren't, um, you know, that it might destroy the nuclear family unit, especially, I think, in America. But it's interesting because it's kind of, like, I don't know, compared to ancient times, we might be a little bit more tame. Like The, the sculptures were... I'm looking at are wild. Like, there's a child, like, watching this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hello? Is everyone okay? The answer is no. (laughs) No. This, I'm going to send you this scene, this, like, sculpture that... I'm, like, the acrobatics going on in here... I don't even know. This makes me this makes me grateful for our puritanical age. You know, some a lot of people like I mean I guess the legs got broken or fell off, but um there there's missing legs, there's missing arms, but everyone's still like, you know, working on it. Yeah, now I'm literally googling ancient sex and I'm looking at these like old ass rock paintings yeah like the carved things yeah (laughs) and like i'm looking at like the the um what are they the vases Uh like yeah i mean i (laughs) there's one that i'm like i have questions but you know what i everyone was expressing themselves sure go for it yeah, I mean, there's even a sculpture of this ancient Roman fucking a goat. So I'm like, guys, we've, we have progressed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there's a lot of, the first thing that comes up is like, what is that? Is it a, is it an elephant? Oh my gosh. 
I don't know. I'm I had to quickly show me away. I'm like I I'll take I'm I'm here. For, yeah, this makes the Disney stuff seem chill and like not weird, you know. Oh yeah. But yeah. there was also probably like, you know, way 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 back in the ancient times, like there was a, probably a lot less like stigma around this so Mm -hmm. people were like just being free you know like no one was I assume people weren't telling uh them that this is weird you know yeah I agree they were like heck yeah that vase looks sick (laughs) (laughs) wow a lot of lesbian stuff in in ancient China yeah, and I'm seeing some uh, gay guy stuff too. Yeah, no, and Our they weren't afraid. Were of... getting it on. Yeah, they were wild. I'm like, whoa! I don't know if I'm ready for all of this craziness. And like a lot of like threesomes, you know? Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! There's a, a headline that says how sex toys kept women from cheating in ancient China. Y'all had sex toys even back then? With what rock? I'm yeah kidding. I don't want to know it doesn't seem like a good you know nothing over here is looking very like sanitary oh my god ew I'm seeing the goat thing I, that's a pass for me I don't want to be involved <laughs> tell me when it's over yeah but you know uh, well I, I have nothing to say about the goat but everything else I guess do your thing How how interesting. I want to buy one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they... I remember seeing something that was like... I wonder what people thought when they, like, first kissed each other, you know? Like, I do think about humans and, like, what, like, first humans and, like how did that work like how did they communicate did they have any words like you know what I mean how they figure out like oh this I like this and this like makes a baby you know like was the first person who was pregnant just like what the fuck (laughs) I don't know I mean I guess you would think they would just know you know yeah, um, I guess it's, like, instinctual. Yeah. Like, maybe it was more, um, yeah. I feel like people were dying left and right. Because, like, you know how it's, like, sometimes you have to, like, do the bad thing to learn from it. But I bet people were, like, eating poison berries. And, like, like even with fire. Like, fire feels so nice until you, like, actually get burned you know (laughs) and I I'm like I feel like I'd be the guy who'd just be like "Ooh, feels good and like puts his hand in the flames you know that's true I'm sorry I'm really distracted us (laughs) I know should we should we close the episode on on I don't know what that's a fact like the top three words you think of when we say creative but that feels very school book-esque um i don't know i feel oh, like oh, creative- oh, i have a question i do have a question mm-hmm. okay let's let the bees 
what would be three up to three sacrificial offerings you would provide for the creative muse to come visit you wow this is so good like does the greater the sacrifice the greater the reward I guess that depends on how you conceptualize the creative muse and her generosity I think so I think she wants to go big I mean I guess I would like cut off a leg or something I don't know I guess I would like (laughs) What are we yes, thinking here? Like you, you possess. Oh, like, I was like, it could be possession <laughs> or like it's great. Okay, I am. Oh, like the Little Mermaid giving up her voice. Um. Okay, I immediately went to the Old Testament, like Abraham sacrificing his son. I was like, do I have to sacrifice my brother? Like, I guess I'll keep my brother around. You know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I was like, I don't know about people, but that's immediately where my mind went. Okay, wait, tell me yours. I need to think about this. Or tell me one of yours. We can go back and forth. Um, okay. If I, I guess if I'm, if I'm, because mm-hmm. I feel like you can think of it as object, right? Or mm-hmm. um, a pleasurable pastime in your life or like addiction or whatever you have. Um mm-hmm. I think, like you said, a relationship or the hope, right? It could be, like, I'm giving up, like, romantic relationships, right? Yeah. I think in some ways creativity does that, where people do end up giving relationships. I think I have. When you said that, I was like, oh, my God, I absolutely have. Like, and I remember talking – this is so, like, kind of dark and, like, weird. And, like, I feel like a lot of people might be, like, horrified by this. And I really do, like, honor and, like, love and cherish my relationships. But, like, when it comes to dating, I'm like, oh, just so you know, like, work will always be the most – like, everyone has their, like – earthly god right and for me it's like work and to the extent that like I think of creativity as part of that you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm like oh that person will be like my I don't feel like my purpose is like to be in a relationship necessarily or that like I need that you know but I I think being creative is like and that that could evolve and change I don't want to say that like no one is like as important as as work is you know but I I definitely kind of know who my my earthly god is Mm. um but yeah okay but what what would be the one that what would be one that you would give up Hmm. well one that I feel like I should give up but I don't know if I actually would would be like Right. If you could make great pieces of art and always have creativity, but you never got recognition for it. So like mm, for recognition. The ego. Yeah. Part of me is like, I technically feel like that's probably the one that the creative muse would want the most. Right. That's like a yeah. little tasty morsel for her. Um, but it is very hard to give up. I don't know if yeah. I could give that up because I think I do tie creativity to like my meal to get out. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's the one that comes to mind um I think I could give up like romantic relationships I think I could I think I could be like all right I'll take one for the team um damn respect I don't know if I could 
But I don't know if I could give up, like, recognition, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that one. Like, when you said that, I was just like, <laughs> you know? But all, but I'd like to think, like, oh, I'm like, if you remove, like, there's still something nice about, like, and recognition is tied to this, but, like, sharing things and, like, having other people enjoy them and, like, ideally, like, derive pleasure for, from them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's, like, totally the ego. Like, there's something kind of, like, hopeful and generous about that. But I think there's also recognition tied to it. Those things kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Material possessions, I should, I I wish I could, like, if, if it came down to it, I'd be like, all right, you can take everything I have. But I would, like, it would be, you know my claw marks would be seen you know <laughs> in the gifts that i handed over yeah but i, I probably I have to do that wardrobe like if i had to wear basic ass like t-shirts mm-hmm. and nothing else i think i could give that up because yeah. i really do like dressing but now i feel like this is just me rambling so what about wait one more one more you uh, I feel like I give, I give up relationships the person you'd sacrifice in your life oh for the creative muse me I mean I, maybe I maybe I dupe the muse and be like I guess I'll sacrifice myself what are you gonna do about it muse? you know I feel like that's what God would want and then God would old testament God would come down and be like no no you know but thank you for for proving how much you were like willing to go, mm. but I only have I only uh, I have like one. I'm willing to give up relationships. With, oh, my material possessions. Okay, I guess I have two. What's your third one now? Um, third one being any category. Yeah. Oof. Okay, recognition. Um, my entire wardrobe, and then. Man, I wouldn't be able to give up socializing. Like, I was just thinking about that. Like, can I give up going to bars and just, like, getting lunches with people? And I'm like, nope, I can't. Um... Yeah, I couldn't give up people. I could give up relationships, like, romantic relationships. But I couldn't give up people. Maybe I could give up sexual pleasure. I don't know. That one feels kind of big. But... I couldn't I could give up like sexual relationships. I don't think I could give it up, period. I thought about that at the top and I was like, no, I can't do it. Sorry. Sorry, Muse. That actually kind of genuine genuinely stresses me out. Like when I think about like being a nun or something. I'm like, oh God. Nuns can't masturbate, right? Or they're not no, supposed to. No, they're not supposed to. I mean, I think I'd make a great nun, but I, I couldn't fully abide by that, I don't think. Damn, Maybe nice. I could. Maybe I'd be like, God, let's go. But I, I don't know if I want to give that to the muse, you know? Maybe I'll <laughs> give that to the Lord, but not to the muse. I don't know. I don't know about that. But I don't have a third. I don't know what my third would be. I mean, I feel like I'm giving up a lot. Um, I mean, maybe, like, uh, it would. I would hate to give up 
food. Like if you Mm -hmm. could live Mm -hmm. without food, like, you know what I mean? If you gave it up to the muse, but you didn't like die, like that would be really hard. The pleasure of eating. Yeah. But I'm thinking about like senses and I'm like, okay, like not hearing would be tough. Not speaking would be tough. I give up smell, I guess, which I know is connected to your taste, but like, uh, sure, I'd have a duller sense of taste. That also really hurts, but I feel like, like I'd want to keep sight, have to keep it, touch, got to keep it, hearing, keeping it, mm-hmm. taste, I hate to give it up, but okay, muse. I guess I'm giving up taste. Ugh, that would be so depressing, though. Yeah. Maybe smell is the one you should stick with, even though that does influence yeah. taste a lot. But if the muse was like, you gotta give up something, like, harder or bigger, I'd be like, okay, taste. <laughs> Fair enough. Fine. Fair enough. Well, Soul Bros. Wait, what was your third? Did we get your third? My, I guess, sexy times. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was so disturbing to me that I immediately blocked it (laughs) from my mind. I said, no. Like, I guess, like, maybe not, like, completely, like, a nun, but, like, sexual partners. Yeah. That that, that I've kind of lumped in with romance. I'm, like, totally, I'm okay with, like, goodbye, everyone in that sense I would have to keep my friendships but mm. I don't think I could go like full nun mm-hmm. um that would be too stressful and for that I have given my sense of smell and maybe taste if the muse <laughs> is not satisfied <laughs> she's a demanding bitch she's being <laughs> mean I why is she taking all of the I mean I guess she's giving in return that's yes. okay well soldiers Think, think of what you would give up to the creative muse to have a gift back that would make you earn an Emmy or a Grammy or whatever, whatever EGOT. award yeah, that you uh, aspire to have. And uh, let us know. You know our email. <laughs> um, I sometimes check it very rarely, but we will skim. But yeah, I mean, Joe, I don't know if there's much more else to say, but I think what is our dance. email again? Because I know that it's like a different um two dudes talking life at two gmail. dudes talking life, yeah. Gmail. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Um all right. No, I think we've covered everything. This was uh, that uh, the exercise of sacrifice was actually like really fun and interesting. I feel like Peter Kelly would want us to like journal about that afterwards. Um Oh, yeah. yeah. She'd probably ask us, why do you feel like you need to sacrifice? <laughs> and it'd be like, shut up. Yeah. Okay, right. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a very like Christian, Christian question, you know? Yeah. But it's good that I, I, I actually really liked it. I think it's everyone should think about that. Um, Jesus sacrificed his life. I'm sorry, this has also been, I've made this very religious. But um, anyways, yes, I, this has been so fun. We will talk to you bros again soon. Yeah, see you next time, soul bros. Steve Bye. and Joe are out. Bye. <laughs>